Hello, and welcome to episode two, I think. Yeah, it is, I've already lost track, and it's only the second one. <laughs> Maybe we should give them names. We should just give them names, I think, rather than Maybe we should. Two. This like, is, The first one um, could be, I don't know, episode Adam, because Adam was the first man, and we'll just call this one um, Stephen. This is episode Adam, Stephen, why not? Adam and Stephen, very good. Adam and Steve, oh. yeah, there we go. Because we all know it was Amazing. Adam and Steve. They say it wasn't, it, but it was. I mean, it definitely was. I mean, I'm all for that. <laughs> but anyway, we're we're back. Um, episode two of um, we did. We have actually decided it is called the Babblers Guild, um, which is uh, amazing. Yeah, it just kind of stuck, didn't it? We're, I think was it, was it a case that that was the best name, or was it just a lack of better ones? To be fair, I think you struggled to get a better one. I think yeah, we were we, quite happy we, with it. We came up with that one pretty. Early on, if I remember, it was probably the first day, wasn't it? After we had that chat, we sort of was messaging around, and it just sort of clicked out of somewhere, and it, we just stuck with it. I think all the ones we've sort of came up with afterwards are just we've tried to play on that, and it's not really worked as well as the original. So, no, yeah, well, we've it's got all something good. good. Yeah. Something good. Um, well, as you can see by the title um, of probably the episode, we're going to go through our Top five games um, ever, I'm assuming, and then a few honourable mentions. But we've got a few things to cover at the start, don't we? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, we started talking about it a bit last week, uh, was the Book of Boba Fett. We were quite excited for what we were going to have this week. So it's been out, well, we're actually going to have a new episode tomorrow at the time of filming. But episode five came out just about a week ago. And spoilers if you've not seen episode 5 or even any of the Book of Boba Fett so far. You may want to listen away now. Uh, but we we kind of theorised, didn't we, last week that the Mandalorian's going to show up at some point in the Book of Boba oh, Fett yeah. episode 5. Uh, and he showed up. <laughs> oh, he definitely did. Mandalorian season 3. It was just season 3. And do you know what? I'm all for that. I That was probably the most fun I've had watching some Star Wars for, for quite a long time. Um it was just it was just nostalgia, wasn't it? They just gave us everything we wanted to see. The the throwbacks to Phantom Menace, the little uh, nods to, to Fallen Order. There was just so much in that that it was just it was just so great. Yeah, it was. I was sort of because um, you watched it quite a, a while before me. Because you'd watched it on the last recording, and I only watched it. I watched it yesterday. So I finally got around to watching it yesterday, and <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. It was sort of everything you could possibly ask for. I think, because I was thinking while I was watching it, this is, like you've just said, the most Star Wars thing I've seen in quite a while. Um, I, I also thought the way they sort of filmed it was quite old school as well. Like when um, Mando was fighting um, the other Mandalorian on the bridge when he was trying to duel him for the Darksaber, um, I thought the sort of like the background and the backdrop didn't, sort of look perfect but I feel like that was sort of done intentionally because it looked like it probably would have done in the original trilogy yeah it kind of had that that sort of dark feel to it rather than it being some bright sandy cinematic masterpiece yeah Yeah. what what I found with a lot of the book of Boba Fett is it's actually been quite hard to see what's going on at times um but in quite a cool way that went with the fight with is it chrysanth i want to say the wookie uh yes, they had earlier chrysanth, on. Yes. that's the well, one yeah it was chrysanth something along those lines uh with the wookie 
you couldn't see a lot of what was going on. Maybe it's just my television, I need to up the brightness. But I quite like the fact that they made it quite dark and mysterious, especially the Darksaber fight. It kind of, the setting kind of, to me, was a mix between the fight with Darth Maul in Phantom Menace and also when Luke is fighting Vader in Empire Strikes Back. It's that kind of platform (laughs) out in some dark building um, structure system, whatever you want to call it. And I, I thought that scene was really good. But then after that, it was just... A colourful, joyful masterpiece, uh, which yeah, I couldn't fault it. Yeah, I I liked how it was. Um, I don't know what it was called. I need to find out what it was called. The um, whatever city it was that was on that giant floating ring, and it was like, um, have you seen the film Elysium? No, but I've heard it. It's come from a lot of places. What people have said that there are a lot of references to ring worlds uh, people have I've got halo in mind with that as well i've not i've not played halo i, I hate to admit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah probably back to last week not played anything no <laughs> exactly yeah this is the show where jamie's not played anything at all um but i i immediately got taken to elysium now i know obviously there is one in um halo and all that good stuff um but i immediately got took to elysium purely because um Elysium is about um, Earth in the very far future, and basically all the rich people have gone to live on this ring world above Earth. Um, and the way it was sort of set up, where it was like sort of like cities, neighborhoods, and it was sort of just like a normal place. And then you could see in the distance as well when there's flying away, um, like as if you looked up, there was sort of like maybe a forest or something on there as well. Obviously, like an artificial life place um wildlife park or something like that and that was very what very much like what elysium was like and it just gave me some nice vibes because i really like that film it looked really familiar to me i'm not sure where i've seen it from but i've seen something like that before um i don't know if it's elysium it's not halo i know everyone's talking about halo it's definitely not halo I've seen it. I'm guessing that's why the game's called Halo because there's lots of ring worlds and they look like halos Uh, i might be wrong that's a good point you know that's a probably good very good point i have no idea though um the references, like you said, were great. Um, like I unabashedly love um, Phantom Menace. Um, I said about the prequels last time, but I love the Phantom Menace, and um, especially when it was like the Royal Guard's ship that they were doing up for Mando, like his new ship. I was incredibly happy because it's such a good design for a ship, and I hope they put that yellow paint back on because it's so good when it's yellow. <laughs> You'd love to see it. I don't think it quite matches the. The Mandalorian aesthetic, but who knows? I'm a bit, a bit upset they took the the droid pod out. I was hoping that the little BD droid would actually go with him. Oh yeah, because um, I think that would set it up quite nicely if he goes to see Grogu, and then it turns out that actually Grogu has to get rid of all the attachment for his Jedi training, and he needs someone else to travel with for the next series of Mandalorian. And the whole premise, I suppose, could be something along the lines of the Mandalorian is trying to reunite the BD droid, which we find out is actually BD one with Cal Kestis from Fallen Order because that would be a good ah uh, yeah we've got to reunite this little droid uh, with its with its Jedi master maybe he needs to find another Jedi to, to <laughs> you know to train Grogu instead of Luke who knows there, there's so many possibilities they could have explored with the droid and I'm just gutted that it was just kind of a little easter egg it was a nice easter egg a, a nice little nod but I was really hoping that was actually BD1 but I'm not so sure now yeah, I know what you mean, because obviously it leaves at the end of that episode where he's like, oh, I've got to go and see a little guy. So it's probably, the ne- hopefully, the next episode of Boba Fett tomorrow. It, it, it starts with Mando going to visit Gregor, or at least coming back 
after seeing him, and then he helps um, Boba Fett to win yeah. his troubles and defeat the bad guys. I think that the fact that they had a whole episode about the man, well, not a whole episode, but part of the episode was him forging something for Grogu, and then he, he makes yeah. a point, first I need to go see him, suggests to me that they're probably going to show his interaction with Grogu within uh, the next episode of Boba Fett. I'm hoping so. It might be something that they, they again, they skip it, and then, oh, they say, like, oh, so many months later, and then the next series of Mandalorian is what happened in those times. Who knows? But, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll, we'll know what happens. Um, yeah, we will. Right we'll, now, we'll we're, we're completely in the lurch. But, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard did a fantastic job to act in. I'd definitely like to see her directing more stars. I think she's been confirmed for the next series of Mandalorian, I want to say, to be doing some... Yeah, she did. She did that. a few of the last series, I think. Um, and she always does incredibly good episodes um yeah she did um i think there's one i think there's maybe one in series one and a couple in series two i think she did but like i said everyone that she's done's been pretty good but you mentioning um jedi fallen order um it actually takes us nicely to um the announcement of more star wars games oh um, i can't believe it because <laughs> i mean and confirmed jedi whatever it's going to be called sequel to sequel to jedi fallen order which is obviously always incredible because that game was brilliant and then apparently there's a new first person shooter as well coming yep. out so that could possibly be battlefront 3 because i know both you and i really liked battlefront Two as well. I mean, especially once yes. that updated it and fixed it, and so it was a it was great. I think the way it finished out was a bloody great game. Definitely, yeah. They made it playable eventually, um, and I, you know, put quite a lot of hours into that. Definitely worth it. Yeah, another. Well, I suppose with with it being a first person shooter, I know Battlefront Two. Typically, you play it in in third person, but you can do it first person if you want to. So, will be very interesting to see where they go with that. Uh, another Jedi game. I know that. They've said it potentially might be pushed back to 2023, but we should expect a pretty big announcement on it uh, before E3 this year, and that there is a possibility it may even be out in 2022. Either way, uh, I'm, I'm really excited again to see where they take that. I have no idea what they'll do with it. I kind of feel like the, the, the whole sort of premise of the game with what happened after the, uh, the fall of the Order, I'm a bit like, you know, where can they take it? But I'm sure they'll have some... There's some ideas, and I'm hoping it's not just a cash grab that that falls flat. I mean, I don't, I, hopefully it's not a cash grab. I mean, I very much doubt it. But I mean, I, I I'm just very happy with how sort of Star Wars has got back on its feet because I was sort of a bit like incredibly let down by the um, sequel trilogy. Like like we yeah. said last week, the Force Awakens was all right, but the other two I couldn't care for. Um, I really liked Rogue One; thought it was great. Um, Solo was fine. Um, but then Mandalorian is just, and Boba Fett and the um, Jedi Fallen Order has just basically completely saved my um, opinions of Star Wars. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have um, plenty more coming out soon, won't we, in terms of Star Wars. There's Ahsoka confirmed. Kenobi's supposed to be out this year. Oh, yes, um, that's out in October, I think. That, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, wanna say, I thought Kenobi was around about Easter time, but I might be wrong. I think it's October because I think because um, be we're right. getting the Cassian Andor series as well. Is it Easter that Ahsoka's coming out? Is that when the, there's something around Easter? Oh, I'm sure there's something around Easter time. I don't know. I'm not going to embarrass myself by saying there is a reason. 
there'll definitely be some more. So, I mean, there's always some form of Star Wars thing to talk about now, isn't there? It's all Star Wars all the time, pretty much. Always, always. There's always new content. There is always. Um, keeping on films, briefly, <laughs> I usually go to see quite a lot of films every week, but um, we're caught up, we're just completely caught up with films now. Um <laughs> And we went on Saturday, me and my girlfriend, um, to see Sing 2. <laughs> and and I'm just going to say, Sing 2 is brilliant. I've seen, I have seen the first one. Usually I will say, oh, I've not seen that. I've not played that. I have seen Sing. And I really and did you like it? Sing 2. I loved it. It was so good. It's, it's, uh, uh, my favourite character is uh, Johnny, Taron Egerton. Yes, he's good. He's amazing. great. They're all they're all back. They're all back apart from um the little mouse. Um the, the little, little mouse. Oh, mouse. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a big fan of him. Uh but I I did like as well on TikTok at the moment there's a lot of there are a lot of the parody accounts. There's a lot of hate for the elephant character saying Why? Look at you being dramatic singing happy birthday to your grandfather. He just wants his cake and you've got to be the center of attention singing you like your Beyoncé. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a joke, but everyone <laughs> seems to hate the elephant on TikTok. But yeah, would, oh. would you, how would you say Sing Two compares to the first Sing movie? Then I think it's better. Um, it's basically it takes everything that the first one does and makes it like ten times bigger and better. It's um, basically not to spoil anything. Um, they have a their own theater. Buster Moon's got his own theater, and he decides to open. Um, a musical version of Alice in Wonderland on stage and they want to make it big so they go to this big city which is basically like the Vegas of this weird animal world and they audition for this musical and they the little German pig well I forgot what his name is, <laughs> is but um, he I, say I think I think it's Gunter <laughs> yeah I think you're right um he puts forward this idea for a sci-fi space musical and it gets made, and it's brilliant. And that's it. That's oh, all I'll say. It's I'm great. I'm going to be seeing that soon. Then that sounds incredible. I'm looking forward it's to that. It's re- like genuinely funny as well. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I think a lot of like sort of like the ratings and reviews are all like better than Sing One as well. But I would have more um, intellectual films to talk about usually. But um, that's the only th- film I've seen in the past week, unfortunately. <laughs> Jackass um, is out, isn't it? Jackass 4 is out ah. uh, this week. Jackass Forever. There we go. A little bit more intellectual than Sing well, 2. Well, maybe but, not. Uh, so. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> a film about the theatre, albeit um, an animated film about theatre and music, compared to grown men getting punched in the private. So, I don't know what's more intellectual. But No, yeah, I mean, we'll I don't why, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, mean, uh, I don't remember the last time I saw a Jackass film or TV show or anything. It's been a while. It has been a while. But yeah, I think I think that. Other than that, I'm not sure what films are out at the moment. No, um, I mean everything. There was like Nightmare Alley, which was I really really liked that. I've never watched the original, but it made me want to watch the original film. Uh, but then Batman comes out relatively soon on the fourth of March, so Ooh, not too far. That'll away, be then. amazing. So we need to time that so we've both gone to see it before this. <laughs> I think we'll probably go to see that midnight launch or at least release date, if we're honest. Good. I mean, yes, you need to. Because you can book tickets from February 10th for it. I'll be on that. There we go. Yeah, so I'm going to be straight on 
that. Um, I speaking of things that are coming Ooh. out, I was just going to say. Speaking of things that are coming out, we've got some new PS Plus games, haven't we? <gasps> yes, we do, and weirdly, they all coincide with things we talked about last week. They do a little bit. Well, one of the big ones for me, well, it's not big for me because I bought this on release date. Is UFC Four is right, currently yes. out for free. Now, I am a big martial arts fan. I train jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, uh, every, every, well, I try and go every week. So I have the odd week where I'm lazy, but I do try and attend <laughs> every week. Uh, and I, I, you know, I watch UFC most weekends. So I've I've played every UFC game that's come out. Uh, well, other than maybe some of the really old ones, I've probably missed a couple, like the old undisputed games. Uh, I, I played a few of them. So it's something that I really enjoy, and I'm quite happy it's out on PlayStation Plus because I have a lot of people that that like, oh yeah I'll watch it if it's on you know um if if they came round they'd probably play it but they don't care enough to actually buy it themselves so it's my t- my chance for them to get the game and be terrible at it so I can win um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to that definitely I definitely recommend giving it a go the controls take a bit of time to get used to you know to anyone who's thinking oh I might give it a go might be fun to let out some anger just stick with it you know once you start to get get to grips with the muscle memory for the controls and you know how to control each limb pretty fun pretty fun game you have to control each limb what do you mean well not so much it's things like you know if you if you press square that's or or if you're on xbox it'd be x wouldn't it uh, but i'll use the playstation controls because it's what i play but square is like your left hand triangles your right hand x is your left leg circles your right leg and then if you use like l1 and r1 so the triggers and the bumpers you do modifiers so whether it's like a high kick or whether it's like a spinning kick uh, you just kind of use those combinations to sort of vary the strikes. But generally, you kind of work out that, okay, yeah, that's my left hand, that's my right hand, that's this leg and that leg. And then you just, yeah, play about with some combinations. Oh, that's interesting. Because I, I just sort of assumed it was um, like uh, more, not Mortal Kombat, you know what I mean? Sort of like a more of a classic um, fighter game. But obviously, um, yeah, you've got to use all your different limbs and stuff and get your grapples and whatever don't you so i'd assume yeah. it probably would be a bit of a more complicated controller scheme than just um x to punch and it that's is it. <laughs> it is yeah and you've got the use of the right stick for the grappling is mainly how you do it or left stick if you're on the simplified controls i play on the legacy controls which are how they do it on the older games um so you just kind of press the stick in the direction you want to go and it fills up a little meter and if someone holds like your opponent holds R2 and presses the right stick in the same direction as you before you get to a certain point on that meter filling up. Uh, bearing in mind you only get like you know a split second to do it, but you can then counter them transitioning and then move into a better position yourself. So it's a bit like playing chess when you do that. You've kind of got to react to what they're doing and then time it so you don't run out of stamina. There's quite a lot of layers to it really when you get into it. So definitely takes a lot of getting used to. You've got to work out good combinations. You've got to work out timing. You've got to manage your stamina. And then, yeah, definitely worth a go. Right, well, I might download it because I've got. Uh, well, actually, literally just before this, we started this. Um, Tiny Tina's um, assault on whatever keep. Literally just finished downloading just before we started doing this, which is one of the other games, isn't it? Yes, we discussed that last week, didn't we? You were a big fan of that. Is it a Borderlands spin-off? Yeah. So it was. Um, it was originally a DLC for. Um, Borderlands 2 but I uh, I actually spoke about it last time saying that oh actually recently um, a version of this a standalone version has come out and so it turns out it's free on PlayStation Plus this week which is very strange because I've never played the standalone version but it's got a platinum oh 
So there you yeah, go. it's got a platinum trophy. It's quite an easy one, is it, to get? I've had a look. It's not the easiest of trophies. Um, it, it, I think this is probably a lot of collectibles, but right. it, it's not too bad because it is only DLC length, so it's a smaller area, so it shouldn't take as long as a normal game to sort of mop up as much as you probably think. Let's just have a look. So yeah, so it's assault. Yeah, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep Wonderlands one shot. So because the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is the game that's coming out soon, and this is a standalone version which they've tied in to that brand new game that's coming out soon. I'm just trying to get the trophy list up. For some reason, the trophy list. It's taking 5,000 years to load, and there it is. <laughs> We've got it. So there's just sort of like reach level 5, reach level 10, all the way up to level 35. Uh, have purple rarity gear in every slot, which is something that you just get before the end. There's some things which sort of like to do with the characters. So um, phase lock 100 enemies, so that'll be just a... An ability that one of your characters can do. Introduce thyself to the White Knight. Uh, that <laughs> uh, story related. That's a, story related. Oh, there's another one which is called um, Slay Mr. Bony Pants Guy. Mr. Bony. Oh, that's a very descriptive name. I'm assuming it is. Bony with pants. Or I'd assume so. Pants. Potentially. Uh, there isn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not like a full massive trophy list. Uh, there's not actually many trophies. On it, there's, well, it's 31 trophies and 16 of them are bronze, and I think most of them look like they're story related, so it should be pretty easy to get. But yeah, it looks great. It's I've played it before when I did Borderlands 2, and it's just a whole lot of fun of Dungeons and Dragons, but you have guns. It's great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give that a go. It, it sounds really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I suppose the other one that surprisingly we spoke about a bit last week as well weird weird this is yeah planet coaster we had a bit of a chat about now there's a couple of reasons why that's weird partly it's because we made reference to it last week i think we said there's a new sort of tycoon style game coming out that isn't actually a tycoon game yeah i I forgot what it's called something coaster world or something but yeah we spoke about it last week and the game's coming out this year and we just ended up chatting about this game, didn't we? We did, yeah. And I think as well, I'd been playing Tropico 5 quite a bit recently. And because it's sort of one of those games where you, you build a city and you build infrastructure and you build roads and paths and things like that, one of my friends was was um, having a bit of a joke with me and kept saying, oh, you're going back on Planet Coaster. I'm like, it's not Planet Coaster, it's Tropico. And now Planet Coaster's actually come out and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play that now. And they'll probably start so, calling so it Tropico. Now... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, so when you're on that, I'll go, oh, you're going to go and play Tropical? And you're like, no, it actually is Planet Coaster this time. Yep, you were ahead of your time. Uh, so I, I don't actually know anything about it other than you make roller coasters or manage a theme park. I don't know, actually. I just know it's called Planet Coaster, and I'm assuming, just on a hunch, not quite sure whether I'm right, maybe about 5% confident, but there are roller coasters involved. You know what? I think, for some reason, I don't know why, I'm just trying to pluck this out of the air right now, I think you might be right. I'm probably onto something. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think I'm onto something. 
I think you are. I think you've absolutely cracked the code on this one. <laughs> well, we'll have to have a chat about that once we've played it and uh, go into a bit more detail. Unless it's really bad, then we'll probably just pretend that we never had this conversation. Probably, but apparently it's quite good. I've seen a few clips of it and it does look like a very um, well-rounded um, theme park simulator. Uh, last time on... PS Plus, though, there was Dirt 5, wasn't there? Which there you was. said you just got the Platinum. I got that sometime last week I got that. And it was a bit of a grind, because you've started on it, haven't you, already, this week? Yeah, I start. it's actually last night I started, and I've done a bit as I came in today. I've done like an hour on it, and just done a few more of the tracks. And I think it's fine. It's, it's okay. I think they're trying to sort of make up for not the lack of game but sort of the lack of something with it being sort of so in your face like all the menus and then there's all these people talking all the time it seems like a lot to cover up sort of a game that maybe doesn't have a lot of substance because realistically a lot of it is hold down go and that's it and now i know that that is a lot of racing games but Mm comparatively to something, say, that was also free, Wreckfest, it doesn't make me go, oh, this is good, and every time you crash, you're like, whoa, what's going on? It's every time you're crashing this, there's no consequence. It doesn't matter. You can crash basically as much as you want, and you're completely fine. I think that's it. I think the drift mechanics are really cool, but the physics aren't realistic, are they? They're not there, are they? It's it's missing something. It's just very fast and drifty and colourful, and I'm 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 easily amused, so I quite like that. And and for me, <laughs> it wasn't something I got really invested in. Like, well, this is the best game ever. I thought, oh, this is pretty fun. I've got the cockpit view on. I'm watching the wheel flying round side to side. I'm drifting around some corners, and I just found it. It was something that I switched off while I was playing. I thought, I'm I'm a bit stressed out with all my other games. I can just switch off. Um, but I think if you compare it to games like first of all, like Formula One that we spoke about last week, that's essentially like a racing simulator. It's not perfect, it has its flaws, but you have to be quite considerate with how you're driving on that or you'll spin out. You have to work on your speeds, your racing line, your cornering, your strategies. Go to something like Wreckfest, you haven't got any of that so much, but you've got the realistic physics mechanics. The way the cars move, the way they they go up the ramps, the the way they they have airtime, and also the way that they get crumpled and have damage is so, not just realistic, but fun. I think it's really fun to play a game like that. Whereas Dirt 5 doesn't have either of those options. It's just a colourful game where you drift around circuits. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know if it's the TV that I'm playing on, but I don't even think it looks that particularly good. I don't know why. There's just something about it. I'm just like, oh, it looks a bit muddy. And I mean, I know it's called Dirt, but it's just something about it. I'm like, this could look a bit better because usually with racing games now, like any driving simulator games or whatever, they usually look incredible. And you're like, wow, they've put so much time into the details of these cars. But there is one thing that I do really appreciate about the game and that's sort of all the sponsors in it, that they're all real and it's the actual sponsors. So you can get sponsorship deals with like um, like Red Bull. You can get sponsorship deals with Monster, Michelin. There are so many different sponsors, and I would like to have seen more come out of the sponsorship deals, though. That 
you unlock more tracks with them or you know the branding on the car actually gets you just, you just get stickers don't you you can put on but you know get properly branded cars maybe get more money rather than just getting more challenges which get you more cosmetics i think there's a lot more they could have done with the game a lot more like a lot more customization options maybe rather than just buying new cars and changing the the actual color yeah. schemes if there are ways to upgrade parts on the cars that would have been really good um you know choosing which suspensions you want um adjusting the height of them well, there's so many things that they missed on that game but uh, but it was free yeah, i'm not going to complain i had fun driving around in circles yeah, it just <laughs> took a while it will take a while because it's what ten thousand miles or something uh, one thousand i think it was ten thousand when it came out or on one of the previous dirt games but you've got to do a thousand miles and all the other trophies are well i say all the others i mean the thousand miles trophy is easy you've just got to get it going around in circles but the annoying thing is after an hour it stops tracking so you can tape your trigger down so it just keeps going but then you've got to reset it after an hour so you can't just do it overnight Mm. like you can on rocket league (laughs) for that no yeah everyone's done with the rubber band the hardest one is probably one of the stunt levels in like the stadiums the gym corners that you have to do where you have to rack up scores for going through gates and drifting and you've got to get 30,000 score for one of them. And I had to look up a guide, and it took me about 20 attempts. So have, have fun with that one. I've got the clip saved for when you do it, and I can Can't send wait. you how I did it. But that was probably the hard... Apart from that, I did that one early, because I thought, if I can't do this, there's no point me grinding out for the Platinum. But thankfully, I got it, and then I thought, yeah, well, the the rest of them are just a grind. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. the rest... All of the trophies are all basically related to you finishing the sort of campaign isn't it you, like, you'll just get them along the way like i got the drift for 100 meters pretty early on and that was i, got that I in didn't my first even race, try yeah. to do that yeah exactly you didn't yeah. try and do it yeah they all tend to come naturally i don't think there's many that i actually did have to try for um yeah i think they all just came naturally really yeah, I mean, I'll do anything for a free platinum, even put over 100 hours into a game. But anyway, um, I think this is probably the last thing before we actually get onto our list. Uh, today, it was actually, as I was writing this list earlier on, um, a trailer dropped for a game which is, at the moment, only going to go to Steam Early Access, but it's probably going to consoles as well. It's a game called Achilles Legends Untold. And last week I said about how I love Greek mythology. And this looks right up my street. I'd love to have some sort of mechanic like that for games that I've had to do before that have been really hard. Like when you have to play Call of Duty on realistic difficulty and a single bullet can kill you. Imagine if the only vulnerable part was your ankle and you were in Kevlar boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing! It's so easy. So I'm hoping Achilles. This game is going to be the similar sort of thing. I yeah, can't, can't get me die, today. I've it. got my work boots on. Still, still cap boots. We're all, <laughs> all right. I mean, if that is the case, and you can only die or take damage by the heel, I mean that would be pretty accurate to the actual story. But it looks, it looks great. It's sort of not. It's it sort of looks a bit Diablo esque. But then cross between Diablo and Dark Souls. Mm. It's like in between. It's got Dark Souls combat. So that's what it's sort of touted as in the trailer. Um, it does look like it. It's just like parrying mechanics, dodging, and then shield up roll and there's bosses and everything. But then it does have this sort of Diablo 
RPG element to it as well. And it just it does look like a genuinely good game. I'll um, send you over the trailer after this, but it looks looks great. And I, I really do hope it comes to console because I'll be playing that indefinitely, probably. Yeah, well, another one just to add to the list and see see how it goes. Yeah, sounds interesting. I mean, you'll never play it anyway, so... Right, we're going... I don't play many things. (laughs) Oh, God, right, let's move on. Right, it's the main event. It's the top top five of of all time. I don't know if we've actually done an order to them. I'm going to sort of do it in an order. The last one that I'm going to say, I've thought about for a long time, and I genuinely do think it probably is my favourite game, so I've been going back to it for, I think, about... 17 years to 19 years i think okay so yeah do you want to start you go with your fifth one so yeah i'm gonna go with number five so th- there was a toss-up there's a, a honorable mention here because it's one of the first games i had on console when i when i got a, a playstation was rayman 2 this isn't my number five it, it's just an honorable mention uh rayman obviously the original rayman fantastic if you've not played it you know, definitely need to. But Rayman 2 was, brilliant. Like, was obviously 3D. And I just remember the first mission where you escape the big ship in space or whatever and you go down that slide with Glowbox, I want to say, was was his friend. And then the whole story is trying to find Glowbox. Um, and it was a quite a hard game. And I look back at it now and I watch the videos and I'm like, ah, oh, the nostalgia. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to give an honourable mention to Rayman 2. I love it. But my number five... Game number five is a game that I had on PlayStation 2 many years ago, and it wasn't actually the first in the series, but it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Oh, yeah. There might be people listening thinking, well, what about one and two and three? Yeah, all very good games in their own right, but I feel like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 was just a a little bit more iconic in the sense that it had a... I just look back on that and I just remember all the levels. You started off at the college campus, didn't you, with... um, some, I know there were some random missions to do, like there was one where you had to skitch behind the car that would drive yes, around. Yes, I remember that. There was the jocks that you had to sort of skate over in that weird alleyway with the rails. And then there was the, I want to say he was just called a bum, uh, and he had the pink elephants. Yeah, to see, I I think, do you remember that? You had to get the pink elephants? Yeah. I yeah. Do, yes, I think it is. I think he was, was just the bum. I think, yes. I think he was just called, the, or something, the bum. And there was a, you had to collect these 30 odd pink elephant tokens within the space of about eight seconds. And they were all on this one long, uh, one long rail that you had to go along. And it went like underneath a little tunnel or something. I just remember that. Uh, And I think there was a tower that you could somehow get on top of, I want to say. Maybe you you skated into the bottom. But just some of the levels at the one after that, I want to say it was San Francisco, but it was on the pier and you had the shark. That was biting the pier, and then you had to yes. beat the seals. Uh, there was the oh. the Alcatraz level, which no no one forgets the Alcatraz level, where you could actually skate through. There was a, a pipe through or a rail through the middle of the prison, I believe. Um, yeah, so many iconic levels: the the zoo, the carnival. Um, I just found that game really fun. I haven't got much more to say about it because it's been so many years since I played it, but I put so many hours into that game when I was younger. Didn't have a clue what I was doing because I was probably about six or seven. But oh, it was just so fun. Yeah, I I do remember like, so I remember playing that. I think I've only... You know what, weirdly, I think I've only played Pro Skater 1 <laughs> and that one because I remember because uh, it was such a jump 
for from sort of like two and three to that one yeah. because it was sort of all these locations that it was like like you were saying like Alcatraz and like fun fairs and stuff when before it, it wasn't sort of that zany if I remember correctly. Yeah, and they had some they had some good obviously characters on it. There were cheat codes as well. You could play as I'm sure you could play as Darth Maul on it, and I, I want to say so. Yeah. Maybe Shrek, but that might have been underground. But you could definitely—I'm <laughs> sure you could play as Django Fett and Darth Maul. For and some Shrek. reason, Django Fett rings a bell. Shrek, I think, might have been Tony Hawk's underground. But you could activate some cheat codes. But I know Darth Maul. I'm sure was definitely on it as a character. Um, yeah, not much more. Not much. Uh, not much else more. I've really got to say about it because I'm really sort of scratching my brains trying to remember specific missions. Uh, but. I'm sure there was one with the zoo, or maybe it was the carnival, or the circus, where you had to sketch on an ele- elephant, hold its tail, and it ran round the. Oh, I don't remember that. Zoo. I don't know. I might be imagining that, or maybe it was a rhino or something. I'm sure there was something along those lines. But yeah, that that's my number five. Um, yeah, great game. Great. Um, mine, I vaguely spoke about last week, saying it was one of my favourite games, maybe my favourite game ever, which is why I'm I'm just going to put it in here at number five because. All the I could class these five games as my favourite games ever, all five of them, just lump them in as number one, but I've just had to give them basically an arbitrary list of whatever, but I think the top spot, like I said, is the top. But anyway, number five is Skyrim, and I love it. I love Skyrim. It's I was very slightly late to the party by about a year. I got it in 2012. Um, the only time I'd played it, before that was at a friend's house, very vaguely, and I remember watching loads of YouTubers play videos of it, and I absolutely just fell in love with the way it looked. I'd never played a game, I just like never played a game like it, because I'd never played Fallout before that, and it sort of like opened up this doorway of me going to like Bethesda's games, and it's just everything that I could want from a fantasy game, Skyrim has it has the magic the you create your own character the armors you go and like you have to upgrade all your skills and it's just it's very similar to my top spot of games but a console first person rpg version of it um it is great like i've gone back to that game numerous times put multiple hundreds of hours into it it's got to be like over a thousand hours i've put into that game it's just something that i keep going back to year after year and playing it and I want everyone in the world to play it <laughs> I think we established last week as well there's some pretty important chickens in that game oh there are oh I mean the most important chickens in any game ever yeah yeah I, again it's one of those that we were quite uh, well not shocked but I think if if, you've, if anyone's listened to last week's podcast I know that there are a lot of games I probably should play that I haven't and Skyrim is unfortunately up there uh, but I think from people's reactions, I'm not surprised that it makes your top five if you have played it. If I'd have played it, it's probably going to be on the list as well. Well, there we go. Um, number four. What is your number four? Oh, my number four. I've just got to remind myself. Ah, yeah, how could I forget? Now, this is a game I initially had on PlayStation 1. Is uh, it Amnesia, the, the Dark Descent? It's not. No. Oh, I mean, I only said that because you <laughs> forgot what it was. Yeah, I know, and I've just worked out what you meant there. I completely forgot what you were saying. <laughs> um, I forgot what amnesia meant. How ironic. <laughs> anyway, wow. 
the, this is one that I played on PlayStation <laughs> 1. Um, I had this before Rayman 2, actually. And I played this when I was really young. And I actually played it with my mum. My mum really enjoyed it. And we used to sit and we used to play on the evening. We'd have like a couple of controllers, sometimes a few controllers plugged in. My brother would play. And we'd split the control, uh, the screen, sorry, three ways. And then they actually remastered it a couple of years ago. And it's Crash Team Racing. Oh, yeah. What a Crash pick. Team Racing. So Crash Bandicoot is, I mean, the Crash Bandicoot series is one of my favourite series. It's what, what you know got me into PlayStation when I was really young. It was the games that I played. I've had pretty much every Crash Bandicoot game that's been out. Uh, so I'm a little bit heartbroken being a PlayStation, you know, primarily PlayStation gamer that they've uh, gone to Microsoft. Uh, but we'll discuss that another day. But Crash Team Racing for me, because it was like a real fun sort of... It was like Mario Kart before Mario Kart came out, I believe. I don't think there was... A, unless there was already a Mario Kart at the time on Nintendo. There probably was. I'm probably chatting rubbish. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when the first Mario Kart came out. To be honest, I will. I will have a very brief look right now while you're talking. I'm about... sure there was probably one on Nintendo 64 or something like that, like a Mario Kart or even a SNES. Maybe not a SNES. Um, but Crash Team Racing was so good because the the actual premise of the main story was you'd do a few races, you'd get so many points or crystals, and then you could challenge the boss. And there were different bosses in different regions. There were like you know different themed levels, and then. I remember the the final actual area was uh, nitrous oxide, and that space level was just crazy. There were so many jumps, there were so many turns and spirals, and it was just to think that it was such a early console. Just the way they were able to design the tracks and implement them in the game, I found really really fascinating. So there were party modes, there were so many characters that you could really love and enjoy. And the fact that they then made Nitro Fuel, they remastered it a few years ago. I actually booked a day off work just to sit and play it. <laughs> that is dedication. It is, but when it's when it was it was my childhood essentially playing that every on the weekend, every uh, every night on the weekend with my mum and my brother. I just had to get it, and yeah, it did it justice. I mean, it's all I played for a good two weeks, and then I did obviously get bored of it because I thought, well, yeah, although it's the, the remastered and reskinned. It's still a PS1 game. It just looks better. Yeah. So they've just developed so much. But I, I had so many good hours on that game. I had so much fun doing the time trials, getting the relics, defeating the bosses. That It just had to make my top five. Just had to. Yeah, because I've only played the original one. I never played the remake. But just looking, um, Mario Kart originally came out on the um, Super Nintendo system uh, in 1992. And Crash Team Racing came out in 1999. So what actually happened is um, Nintendo had a time machine in 1992. Ah, right. And they okay. went forward to 2000 and they copied Crash Team Racing. But they went back in time to make it just so that they could uh, take all the credit. That's my theory. That's my theory personally. Makes take sense. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I, 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 I think your theory... He's a hundred percent proof, and there is no cracks in that whatsoever. None whatsoever. Well, that's my number four, though. Anyway, uh, how about yourself? What makes your number four spot? Brilliant. Well, uh, once again, very uh, briefly mentioned this one last time. Only briefly, I spoke about the DLC for this one last time. It's Cuphead. Uh, it's not particularly too old. I think it's twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. This came out, but I'm. I've never been a massive fan of sort of like side scrollers or anything like that i'll play them 
I enjoy them sometimes, but I've never been so suckered in by one. There has been another occasion, but that's um, that's actually for next week's topic. Um, yes, um, but yeah, I, I remember getting Cuphead, in the first, and as soon as I put it on, I just sort of fell in love with how it sort of even even how it felt to play. And I remember it being announced as an Xbox exclusive at E3, like in twenty fifteen or sixteen, or whenever it was and being incredibly upset because i was thinking i'm not buying an xbox just to play a plus to play cuphead and then thankfully it came out on the switch and i had a switch at the time so i bought it on switch and then i completed it on switch and then i've now got it on playstation and awaiting eagerly awaiting the dlc coming out but it's it's just everything about it like the design and the time it's taken to like hand draw all those animations and put them into a game and to design the world and the boss and like the overworld and just how the game works it's just it's it's fantastic and actually for christmas i got um the art of cuphead like an art book for all everything that was done in cuphead and it's got a bit for the dlc as well and it's really nice it gives a really good backdrop to all the effort and all the time that it took to even like create this game and all the characters and as a bonus point there is a tv show coming to netflix called there the is Cuphead i was show, gonna ask which, about that there's yeah, a netflix it, show netflix as well yeah oh, green light anything these days netflix <laughs> <laughs> they will but it looks Great. It basically looks like they're going to tell the story of the first game. That's what it looks like, but it's fully voice acted because the game isn't. The game is just just all text. There's no voice acting whatsoever. This small bits like some characters maybe laugh or they'll say like a word or two, but for the vast majority of it, it's all just text and you've got to read it. But obviously, they've all got voices in the TV show, and it looks fantastic. Uh, I think that's out soon. As well, I think it's out in the next couple of months. I'm pretty sure. Can that upset people though a little bit? The the voice actors, because when there aren't voice actors for something, where you get to know the characters, you kind of get an idea in in your head, but you make up an idea as to what they're going to sound like. So I feel like if they don't get it right, if they do the voice actors and it just does not sound right at all, everyone's going to be a bit like, "What on earth's going on? What they don't sound like that?" Well, they do talk in the trailer, and for me, all the voices fit. I it's sort of. If I remember correctly, they're sort of like New Yorkers. Um, and it works well with the character. It, it works pretty well. Cuphead and Mugman. It works pretty well. And I think Miss Chalice <laughs> is in there as well, who's like going to be a new playable character in the DLC as well. But yeah, that's my number four. If you haven't played it, go and play it. It's amazing. It's incredibly hard. It takes a long time to defeat some of those bosses, especially the Green Dragon which was the bane of my life, and Dr. Carl's robot, which is also the bane of my life. But it once you do it, it feels incredible. What is your number three? Number three. Oh, let's have a quick check. Oh, there we go. So this isn't just one game. So I'm cheating a little bit. It's it's And it's not even a game itself. It's a feature of a game that Fe- features a across... a feature of a game. It's a feature of a game that features across multiple of this series uh, this series titles it's Call of Duty Zombies so there's no yeah. one dedicated zombies game and if I had to pick one Call of Duty that had the best zombies it's probably going to be Black Ops 
But yes. if we look at Call of Duty Zombies, it started on Call of Duty World at War, which I want to say was 2007 or 2008 so. that it came out. It was either 2007 or 2008. And at first, it was Zombies wasn't supposed to be big. It was a mini-game add-on. But they thought at the end of the campaign, we'll give you this little this little mini game. You're in this tiny little house, and you can just fight off waves of zombies, and everyone just loved it. It was really simple. There were three small rooms. There are about four guns on the walls, and uh, on the walls, and then there was a mystery box where you could, you know, gamble your points to get some some random guns. And the fact that it's now turned into this big franchise where we have about God knows thirty different maps. We have transportation systems, teleports. We have entire lore and hours worth of story to go with it and backstory. There are so many different weapons. There must be a good, like, hundred different types of zombies now. I think that the fact that it's managed to evolve well, some of it's been a bit, yeah. If we look at maybe some of the spin-offs of the zombies, like maybe the Exo zombies and um, the current Vanguard zombies is not very good. I'll, I'll go out and say that. But if we look at the original Ether story, which is with the four main characters, which are uh, Tank Dempsey, Nikolai Belinsky, um, Takeo, I always forget his surname. I want to say it's Takeo Sato, um, but I'm probably wrong there. And then you've got Edward Richtofen. The four of them getting getting an American, a Russian, um, a Japanese uh, soldier and a German and getting them all together and making them into this really unlikely squad i think it was so well done um the 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 way it developed over time with them adding in perk machines adding in easter eggs like having an actual mission on every map that you had to just discover entirely yourself with no no cues they've had guest actors in it they've had you know george romero actually direct one of the maps with sarah michelle geller um robert england and, and others danny treo all all guest starring on that yeah, for me, Zombies is just... There's so much I could say about it, but it's just got such a huge fan base. So much things from it are iconic. The monkey bombs, the Wunderwaffer, the ray gun. It's just, yeah, everything that uh, I, I could ever want from, from the Call of Duty franchise. It's my favourite part of the Call of Duty franchise. Yeah, I've, I've always loved Zombies. I remember, because it's weird, because I was, once again, quite late to starting playing Call of Duty um, the, the first Call of Duty that I actually owned myself was Call of Duty Black Ops um, don't know why I just said it like that Call of Duty Black Ops, there we go Call of Duty Black Ops um, was the first one I owned and I love Call of Duty Black Ops, I think it's great um, and then I went back and played World at War and Modern Warfare 2 but I agree with you, out of all the zombies that I've played, all the zombies modes Black Ops is definitely the one that I think stands out for me. But then I do remember, because I did platinum it, I remember enjoying the version that they did. Was it on Ghosts, where it was aliens? And it was called, like, Extinction, Extinction. or something. Yeah, and there were, like, scorpions and things as yeah, well. Yeah, I then, really yeah. liked that, and I don't that know was... why. I loved it. It doesn't get talked about much, but I don't remember much about it, but I remember finding it really fun. It was really objective-based. I might have to go back yeah. and play that. Yeah, but, it was um, good, because I, th- I think that was at a point when the Call of Duty devs didn't want to sort of stand on Treyarch's toes, um, because obviously they were the ones who were doing zombies, and all yeah. the other ones it was just campaign and online. So I think they was trying to do their own thing, and be like, oh, we're going to try out our own thing, but now they've just all settled on, we'll all just do zombies. Well, as as a 
big zombies fan. Whenever we had a Treyarch game coming up, I just get so excited. Like, finally, we get proper zombies, like real zombies with the better developer. And then they needed to keep us happy, people like myself. And they would introduce these modes. And like, Exo Zombies and Advanced Warfare, it was all right. The fact that they had John Malkovich in it was, was quite a, a good selling point. Oh, God, uh, they did, didn't they? They did, yeah. And then he turned out to actually be the one orchestrating it all and turning evil. So that was quite good. And then you had the extinction mode, and I'd always get a bit sad when we're moving away from Treyarch, like, oh, I'm not going to have proper zombies for a bit. And then we got the news earlier this year where we're moving away from Treyarch to, well, last year, from Treyarch to Sledgehammer for Vanguard. But they said, oh, the Treyarch zombies team is going to be developing zombies on, on Vanguard. And it turns out that that had kind of got lost in translation or something. And I think it's just the... Um, it's supposed to be a continuation of the story. Like, well, a prequel to the story from Cold War Zombies. And it's just right. such a letdown. The the mechanics are kind of there. Like, they've got a good upgrade system. They've got, you know, good weapons. They've got all the perks there. And the fact that you can get different tiers of the perks. Yeah, everything's there. It's got no substance, though. There's no... It's just not enjoyable. And I don't think, unless they create new independent maps, that it's... Because essentially what they've done is they've taken one of the multiplayer maps and one of the worst ones at that... And they've had it there. Oh, you go through a portal, you do like a little three-minute time challenge, like survive a wave or escort something. And then you unlock another area until you've unlocked the whole map. But it's not a big map. It doesn't take long to unlock. And it's just really boring and repetitive. It's just not fun. But the classic zombies, hours of fun on those. And for anyone who's wanting to do that, I think by the time that this podcast comes out, unless it comes out tomorrow, which will be the 2nd of February... I think the 2nd of February is the last day that you can get Black Ops 3 Zombies Chronicles edition. So it will have Black Ops 3 and it will have the original maps with the original four characters. So all the World at War maps and the Black Ops 1 maps will be on that. And Origins from Black Ops 2 for £15 on the PlayStation Store if you're a PS4 user. If you have a PlayStation 5 and a PlayStation Plus membership, you can actually get Black Ops 3 with Zombies Chronicles, so those original maps for free from the PS Plus collection. So anyone with a PlayStation 5 who wants to go and revisit some of the old zombie maps, including Natchitoches and Toten, Verix, Shinonuma, Kino to Toten, Ascension, Moon, Shangri-La, and Origins, it's actually those eight, then, yeah, it's free to play on PS5, Black Ops 3 Zombies Chronicles. And that was a word from our sponsor... <laughs> Yeah, it sounded a bit like it, didn't it? <laughs> it did, I was like, oh my like god. It, like but I just want everyone to play it and enjoy it, because it's so good. Uh, but I'll hand over to you for your number three anyway, because I could talk about zombies for hours. <laughs> um, I'm only going to briefly touch on my number three, because I went into it in quite a bit of detail at the end of last week's, which is Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, yeah. I just love it. I It's just, it's... I remember when the it first got announced. It was a Kickstarter game. It was it's, it was a publisher made through his Kickstarter, and the I remember the original trailer for it, and it just got me just hooked straight away that it was this promise of a medieval RPG that was trying to be as realistic as possible. It's just my favorite thing about it is just the mechanics and and the fact that it is actually set during real life events that actually happened so it's set during the early 1400s and it's about i'm pretty sure sigismund of hungary trying to take over bohemia and it's an actual event that happened and it's it's just great to see all these actual historical events woven into the story 
of Kingdom Come Deliverance and the just the mechanics, like I said, is just the way it works. It's just fascinating because if you've got a full suit of armor on, obviously you're going to be heavier than everybody else. So you've really got to take care in who you fight. If you run up to a group of thugs or thieves or anything like that and there's like six of them and one of you and none of them have got armor on but you have you're probably going to lose because they're all quicker than you but if you're smart and you scope the area first you can think oh maybe i should just go in with my gauntlets and legs and then leave the rest off so i'm a bit faster but i'm still protected and if you've got a helmet and you put that helmet down that visor your screen turns into how it'd look through that visor. So if it's like two little slits, your screen immediately goes to two little slits and it makes it even harder. So you're, even though you're adding protection to yourself, you're taking away your vision cone, which can be a bit annoying sometimes, but once you've played it for a while, it it all just starts to make sense, like the archery as well. You literally do play a blacksmith's boy who doesn't know how to do anything at all. The first time you pick up a bow and arrow, the arrow basically just falls to the floor because you can't pull it back. You're not strong enough. So you've literally got to put in time into the game, training, and the higher up your archery level is, the better you are at firing that bow. It's not just, oh, you're doing more damage. Like, you literally can't use it at the beginning and you've got to just try and try and try again until finally you can. And I just find it fascinating how... They spent so much time making a game like that and thinking of all the different elements. And I've played it, I think, two or three, maybe four times. And I was planning on playing it again, but lots of games coming out soon, so I probably won't get a a chance (laughs) for a little while. But um, yeah, because Elden Ring is going to take up probably the rest of my year and Lego Star Wars. Uh, But yeah, that's my number three. Anyway, I won't rattle on about it any longer. It's it's good to hear all about, all about that though because it really does fascinate me just how realistic they can make a game, um, all all those things that they're including. Just wow, like the fact that you know if if you're not eating then you're going to be weaker, and you're yes, gonna be slow. Yeah. if you're not sleeping you're going to be more tired. I just think that those kind of things that they can consider it's it's a lot of effort to put into a game. But yeah, really interesting to to hear about that. Yeah, it is a lot exciting. One final note: um, If you um, eat some like rotten food, it like upsets your stomach, obviously. So you could be in the middle of a fight, and then you have to throw up. So you throw up, and then because you've thrown up, it's given the enemies a window of opportunity, and they stab you, and you die. Sounds great. Sounds an awful lot like when you eat the rotten flesh on Minecraft. I'm wondering oh, God, yeah, it pretty much is. <laughs> Oh, that sounds that sounds really good. I still need to play that. You keep telling me to. It's on the list. There's a big, long-growing list of games that I should have played by now, but I haven't. Definitely do. Um, number two. Off number we go. two. Yeah, for me, it's uh, one of one of Sony and or PlayStation sort of. I suppose one of currently <laughs> since Crash and uh, Spyro went went astray. It's it's one of PlayStation's kind of flagship titles, and, and it is an, an exclusive. And it first came out on PlayStation Three. There's been a few games in the series since Little Big Planet. Oh, nice! Mm. I love Little Big Planet. And for me, it's the first one. I think the first one is the best Little Big Planet they've made. I think it's better than Little Big Planet Two and Three. I think it's better than Sackboy, which isn't really a Little Big Planet game. It just has the same sort of you know vibe and characters. But what I really liked about the first Little Big Planet is they didn't make it too complicated. They had just what you needed to have like a lot of different building blocks. Um, 
the, the actual story mode itself was fun. It was creative. You got to do lots of different things on it, like controlling vehicles. There were lots of like moving objects. But they didn't add too many things in it, like all 3D platforms, guns, lasers. Co- you know, there, there were costumes and things, but there weren't like loads of different vehicles other than ones that you just sit in and you know grab a handle for it to go. I think the simplicity was fantastic, and it made it a lot easier as well to create levels. And I know we spoke last week and we said that I hadn't played Dead Space, but they actually made a Dead Space campaign on Little Big Planet, so it followed the really? same story. Oh, but yeah, they they did they did yeah. But they'd like made a, sp- a spaceship using all the materials and the stickers that are available to you. People would make like racing levels. People would make uh, like bomb survival levels. They'd have bombs dropping from the sky, and you'd have to uh, not get blown up by them by hanging onto like ledges that were created in the craters and waiting for your t- your turn to slowly drop down. And it was really fun to play with friends. You'd have your own pod that you could decorate, which was like your own little room, and you could invite people in and. Particularly, you know, playing that when I was younger, the the music was really cheerful, the graphics were cheerful. It was just so fun and innocent, and the costumes were really fun, and the the creativity in the multiplayer levels. I've 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 not had as much fun, I don't think, on a game as I have on that. It, it was just so innocent as well. It was just really, really enjoyable. I once again, this seems to be a theme. Like you um, seem to just have an ever-ending list of games you need to play and I seem to have a list of games where I'm incredibly late to the party um, because I, I didn't play I think it was not like, I think it was five years after Little Big Planet came out that I actually got the first one and I loved it I loved Little Big Planet I thought it was great like I don't know why I don't get games when they first come out I just seem to wait for a while um but I I know what you mean. It is. It's very creative. It's nice. It's and it's nice that it's sort of a different take on games. It wasn't the the thing around that time. Was it was all first person shooters, if I remember rightly. And yeah. it was nice to sort of have something different come out and be oh this is a different type of game which we know you're gonna love, um, but we're just gonna throw everything at the wall and hope it sticks. And ha- helpfully, I mean happily. It did, but you saying about Sackboy, I'd, I'd like to probably play that anyway, even though obviously it's not a proper Little Big Planet game. It's more of a um, adventure game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit like a kind of like 3D or even well, like, yeah, 3D platformer in a way. A bit like if you think of, I don't know how to describe it. It reminds me a bit of Crash Bandicoot, but obviously Crash Bandicoot oh, right, is very okay. linear. The, the uh, very very linear. The the more recent ones, they're a bit more well, sorry, the older ones, a bit more straight line. Running with with Sackboy, it's a. I suppose it's a bit like that. You've kind of got a constant direction you're going in. Um, right. I don't know how to describe. I really don't know how to describe it. It's not like a side scroller. There's no creative elements. You don't have the stickers. You can't build your own levels. It is just more of like an adventure story game, rather than a creative game. It just has all the visuals of Little Big Planet, but it doesn't play like any of the Little Big Planets at all. It's fun if you're in a party. I'd say that much. On your own, not so much. Oh, right, okay. Well, might give that a miss then. Who knows, I might play it one. I'll play it in five years' time. How long has it been out now? A year? Has it been um, out a year? Yeah, just over a year, I think. Yeah, about a year, maybe. I think it came out right. when the PlayStation was released, so it's been about a year and a few months. Okay, I'll play it in four years then. <laughs> if we're still doing this in four years' time, you need to tell me. We'll, we'll have a throwback to this moment. We will we'll replay it. it. Oh, did I say that? Have I really got to go play it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put it on on the PS6. My word. 
that is uh, that's my number two anyway. Um, I'll I'll head a uh, head over pass over to you for for yours. Very nice. Um, now these last two, I would say are equally matched in the amount of love I have for them. Um, number two, I'm going to say two slash one, and the other one's going to be one slash two. This is two slash one. And it's Luigi's Mansion, the original one for the GameCube. Oh, I have played that. It's great. It's everything I'd want just from a Nintendo game. Now, I've said before, I got switched purely to play Luigi's Mansion 3. And Luigi's Mansion 3 didn't disappoint at all. I loved it, but there's just something about the original one that I love. And I play this game... Every single October, around Halloween, because it's a spooky time, I plug in my GameCube and I play it. And it doesn't take very long to finish. It's probably like, if you're sort of like well-versed at it, like I am, because I've played it so many times, um, you can probably finish the whole game in like five or six hours. Like, it's relatively quick to get through. But if you want to do everything, like all the collectibles and everything, then obviously it takes a little while longer. Uh, But it's great. If you don't know what it is... It's Luigi of the Mario and Luigi fame. And he has just won a mansion. Basically on like a mansion lottery. He gets there and discovers that it's haunted by loads and loads of ghosts. And King Boo is at the mansion. And he has kidnapped the soul of Super Mario. And put him into a portrait. And it's basically you going through the game trying to rescue your brother from King Boo and it's great and you use a little hoover to hoover up all the ghosts and it's just brilliant, it's charming all the bosses are all very distinct, all the ghosts are distinct they all have, it's just fantastic it's amazingly made and it's by far one of the best games ever made and I think it's actually quite criminally underrated because I don't hear enough people talking about it, it's such a good game then if you haven't played it try and track it down it did release on 3ds so if you've got a 3ds get it on that if not you could probably find it quite cheap on ebay on a gamecube if you've got a gamecube yeah. who knows but I'm yeah sure that's I'm, my number two i say i'm sure that have gamecubes at cex that you can pick up maybe if you if you look online or ebay um i think people under underrate the whole mario era on gamecube I think the yeah. GameCube era for Mario had some of the best. So we had Luigi's Mansion. We had uh, Super Mario Sunshine is another honourable mention. Now, I don't know oh, how you feel brilliant about it, game. but I absolutely loved Super Mario Sunshine. I thought it was just so fun, um, so colourful. Yeah, it was just incredible. And Mario Kart Double Dash was a really good Mario Kart game as well, having you know little pairs riding the kart, switching between them, one of them throwing <laughs> the... The banana skins out the back, I think I said last week that I, I might have said that I used to play that with my brother and that he used to make me ride on the back while he was driving and I'd have the job of throwing the banana peels. But that, yeah, that whole era was great for any sort of Mario Mario game. It was fantastic on the GameCube. What a, um, what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> it's um, I know what you mean, though. It's great, all of them. Um... 
all of that era of Mario is just fantastic. I think um, the GameCube's also very underrated as well, but obviously it was out at a very difficult time competing with PS2, which is still the best-selling and probably the best console ever made. Um, but yeah. yeah, Great, good times. What is your number two? Number two? We've done my number two. We're going on to my number one now. We've done um, your number two? What was your number, number two? Number two was Little Big Planet, wasn't it? Oh, that was We're your number so two. Far, so well. A little recap. We had number five was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Number yes. four was Crash Team Racing. Yes. Number three was Call of Duty Zombies. Number two, Little It Big was. Planner. Brilliant. And number one. my five. Wow. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry, uh, but my, my number one, just to finish off the list, uh, I don't know how many people will have played this, but it's Heavy Rain, which first came oh. out on the PS3. By Quantic Dream, and it's it's more of an interactive drama than a game, I suppose. But you do, if anyone's played Beyond Two Souls or Detroit Become Human, it's the same developer, the same premise. But for me, the story on this is really gritty and captivating. And I remember getting it because I just seen the I needed a new game for my PlayStation. This was at a point when I was living with with just my mum when I was about thirteen, fourteen. Didn't have internet at the time, so I couldn't play online games. Uh, and I needed a new game then because I'd, I'd expanded all the trophies on all the other games that I had. And I saw it advertised and I said to my mum, like, oh, I'd, I kind of want that game. It looks interesting, looks a bit gritty. So we drove into town after work and I went and bought it with my, my paper round money that I had at the time. And the premise of the story, without giving away spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it, you know, I'd strongly recommend it, is there's been a lot of kidnappings of children uh, who get found dead, drowned in rainwater by who they're calling the origami killer because he leaves origami fillers uh, origami figures sorry on their on their chest when he lays out their bodies in in the marshlands when they die and essentially you play as four characters so one of them is the father of a boy who gets kidnapped by the origami killer and the father has to undertake these trials essentially to save him it's very a bit like saw saw-esque so one of them for example uh, without giving too many spoilers away like he has to drive down the motorway the wrong direction for so long or he has to um, hurt himself in certain ways or like crawl through glass there's various things he has to do and, and he has like a hangman puzzle and each time he does a task it fills in letters for the dress where his son is and if he doesn't save his son in time that his son's basically in a, in a drain that will fill up with rainwater that's why it's called heavy rain because the rain right. fills up the drain and then drowns the children so he's only got a limited time to do this and that's one of the characters you play as you play as a journalist who's in who's sort of like covering all the killings you play as a private investigator who's hired by the parents to find out who the killer is and you also play as an fbi agent who's working the case and you have to make choices along the way and this can be from how you interact with other people in it this can be from whether you turn left or right at a junction whether you do a task or not which direction you take it when you're running away from someone so whether you make it to safety or not and that will affect every mission after that in the game to the point where I believe there's something like 17 different endings that you can have. Um, and I've played through all of them. I've played through every possible combination and I've done it three times. I've got the Platinum on PS3 twice and I've got it on PS4. And the story was so captivating. There's so many twists along the way that you just do not see coming. And those twists can change because the story can always change. And the way it ends, the way the way it goes forward, yeah, I just... That is my number one game of all time. When anyone says to me, what's my favourite game? It's a no-brainer. It's that one. It's just so fun. And to anyone who hasn't played it, you need to. And you need to play it and play it and play it and see every possible storyline. You will not regret it. 
Yeah, because I, I remember when it um, first came out, and everyone was absolutely raving about it, wasn't they? Like, everyone yeah. was like, oh, you need to play Every Rain, you need to play Every Rain. So I don't think there's sort of any games like it on that format. But I've, um, I, obviously, on the same lines of that game, I've played um, Detroit Become Human to death. And I absolutely love Detroit Become Human, but the same developers are making a um, Star Wars game, aren't they? For Star Wars yes, Eclipse. Yes, they are. Quantic Dream, yeah. Yes. Um, bit of a dodgy bloke. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much involvement he's got, whatever his name is. Is it David? What something? David Cage? David Lynch? David whatever? I'm not sure, to be honest. The, yeah, the bloke who writes them and directs them is apparently a bit of a dodgy bloke. Um, don't want to go into specifics, but allegedly he's a bit of a dodgy bloke. Uh, apparently he had a bit of a meltdown in court or something. Um, <laughs> but yes, hope, allegedly. <laughs> um, allegedly dodgy bloke. Don't want to get in any trouble. Um, but he probably is a dodgy bloke. Anyway, allegedly. Um, yeah, I don't know how much involvement he'll have with the Star Wars game but um, it looks great um, and I think anything Quantic Dream do I'll probably play um, regardless of um, if it's a bad quality game or not because I think it's interesting the stuff they do such as what I was saying with um, Detroit Become Human that's an in- interesting thing and everything you've just said about Heavy Rain it's sort of some a storyline that you I haven't really heard of Apart from being in heavy rain, it's not a common storyline to go down, no, is it? Not at all. No, it's it's very unique, and yeah, again, I just recommend to anyone to play it if you've not. Uh, even Beyond Two Souls, which is is the next one with Willem Dafoe and Elliot Page, uh, is is a really really good game to play. Um, really good story. Um, yeah, just really enjoy them. So that is my number one. I'll uh, I'll hand over to yourself now for for your one stroke two. Very good, there you go, one stroke two. Now, let's just run through my ones already. I had Skyrim, Cuphead, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Luigi's Mansion, and finally, this game that I've been playing. Now, it is, thinking about it, it's probably, yeah, like 19, 20 years I've been playing this game. And I play it all, like, every year I play it. Like, not, not, not like, go back to it, but I always have... It's always a game that I don't start again. I have a few times. I've recently started it again, actually, just because I wanted to. And it's just something that I think is a classic as well, should we say. Something a bit old school, shall we say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's RuneScape, um, which is a weird pick because obviously it's a free game. Um, Obviously it's the members thing, but... I absolutely adore RuneScape, and I always have done. I remember when I first got it introduced to me all the way back in year two or year three, which is why, like, about 2002, 2003, and I just remember just being completely encapsulated by everything to do with the game. I loved everything to do with it. I loved that you could sort of create your own character and it was this whole world that you were a part of and it was free. You didn't have to pay a penny for it and you had to work for everything in it. And I don't know, it's just just something about it and it's just that grab of, oh, can you get to 99? Can you get to 99? Um, And recently, I think probably about a month, month and a half ago, just after the new year, I started a 
new character on it. I don't know why. I just thought, I haven't played it for about three or four months. I'm going to just start fresh, start afresh, and start again. And it's actually really nice, because you do fall into those same tropes. Like You're like, oh, starting a new account, you're going to... Go and kill all the goblins in Lumbridge. But you do. Like, you literally go there and you kill them yeah. for like an hour just to get everything up. And I don't know why you do it, but they've introduced something now which I knew about as well, but it's better for a newer player um, called Bonds. Now, obviously, a bond and everything else would be um, money. And it sort of is as well, but there was a long time ago a lot of trouble with people sort of like cloning money or scamming people out of money and dropping it on accounts and duplicating money and stuff. So the way that they've counteracted that is by reducing the actual value of in-game gold by allowing players to buy it Mm. physically themselves. So I wouldn't usually buy anything like this for a game. I'd rather do it myself. But for some reason or whatever, the Google Play Store... Um, gave me free th- like three pounds for free for some reason, and I remember just being on it, and it came up as an advert, um, like Runescape Bonds four pounds, and I thought, well, I've got that three pounds for nothing. I was like, I'm just gonna pay a pound and get this bond and see see how much I get for it, and I got it, and I logged into the game, and. I, you have to like move it to your inner pouch. It's in a very weird position, and I took it all the way through the Grand Exchange, which is still br- brilliant. I remember the first day that like, came out, and everyone went insane oh, over the Grand Exchange. And I took it to the Grand Exchange, and I got five million gold. And that was a lot on old school RuneScape, but still is a lot on old school RuneScape. It is still a lot, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Well, that's all my grinding done." Um, <laughs> and it's great. It does it. it I think if anybody's starting out on RuneScape or you've never played it, I'd recommend getting a bond. Like, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, well, that's stupid. That's not how you're meant to play the game. But I think it sets you up nicely because obviously there's a lot of people who... People have got busy lives. Like, a lot of people don't have time to put, like, 700 hours into RuneScape just to get, like, a good couple of mil or however bloody long it takes. You get that, sell it, you get your five mil. And I've just bought, like, all the armor sets up to... Um, Ad, Ad, Addy, and that's it. And I've just got all that, and I'm just training with it. I've not gone mad. I've not gone. Oh, I'm going to buy full dragon, get a membership, <laughs> buy full dragon, get uh, full Tarox. I'm not doing that yet. Um, but I think it's just a nice way to sort of start, and it allows you to do all the quests and that as well. Because there's sometimes there's a lot of things to buy within the quests, and it's nice to go to the Grand Exchange and go right. What are all these things I need for the quest? Go on Runescape Wiki and go. There's all the stuff for the quest, and you can go and do the quest because it's just it sort of cuts out that middleman of having to faff around and find oh, stuff the in the world. And forwards. The running backwards. It and cuts forwards. all that it's out. Drive me crazy. Yeah, but it's honestly it's such a good game even to this day, and it's so nice that old school Runescape, which is. Basically, in its 2007 form, which I really don't like RuneScape 3, I think there's so much going on with it. It just doesn't... It, visually, it's just weird. It's not RuneScape. Rune, old school RuneScape is RuneScape. Um, it's it's nice that it's still being supported. And I mean, there's like a new quest line's just come out. There's like, there's even like Dragon Slayer 2 as well. There's like loads of new things. There's new armors. There's 
uh, like limited time events. Like I think uh, it's leagues called leagues. That leagues three is out at the moment, and it's just nice that they're supporting the community and they're not just going. Uh, it's got a smaller community than RuneScape three, so we'll just leave it. But they're not doing that. They're fully invested into it, which is yeah. really nice. But that's my top, um, and I don't think anything will ever change that I genuinely love RuneScape. It's just brilliant. It's a really good game. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, when I was younger, I played RS three. So that's for a bit last year, but I got bored of it quite quickly. But I keep meaning to go back to old school RuneScape. Uh, I remember playing Castle Wars quite a lot on pest and pest control. Yeah, they were they were fun. Uh, if you go in Castle Wars, you can go underground, and when people try and run through, use the the explosive potions to drop rocks on them and kill them was always quite fun. Um, and uh, yeah, trying to get to ninety nine, like I would thought, oh, I'll be a bit of a hipster and grind out a strange skill like hunting because no one does hunting. And I sat there doing <laughs> yeah. it, just catching these rabbits and snares, and I'm like, I can see why no one does it. It's boring. <laughs> Apart from Zezima, Zezima obviously got top rank on everything back in the day. Do you remember Zezima? Yes, <laughs> I do remember Zezima. I can never realise how to pronounce it. Is it Zezima or Zazima? I, I, think I used, used to, to say, say Zazima. Zazima. I used to say Zazima, I'm pretty sure I didn't. And I remember, I thought, there's this one time where I was 100% certain I'd found, I'm going to say Zezima for the sake of arguing. Um, I found Zezima, I thought I did. Because his name was Zezima2. And I was like, oh, he's got another account. So I went up to him, started trying to talk. And I was like, oh, will you trade me your obsidian cape? <laughs> and he was like, yes, of course. And I, he put it in. But just before he um, traded, he put the black his black cape in instead. And I, I gave him like... 100k and I was very upset oh. uh, and this they is before Grand Exchange trade eventually yeah it's before yeah. Grand Exchange as well that was it was like just before yeah. it came out yeah that kind of ruined things for me I used to make money law running on that where you'd go to the place where people could make law runes you'd give them rune essence which was ah, really easy yes. to mine or really, and then they'd go and because they were just getting their levels up they'd go and make law runes and they trade you 28 law runes which you could sell for a k each for 28 rune essence and you just keep making trips backwards and forwards and every trip that you did to that place made you 28k that's great that's, I that's, a, good, that's sort of good money that yeah it was yeah it was, it was good because I, I wanted to buy a dwarf cannon which was like five or six hundred k yeah and i think i did like yeah about 20 trips there and i had enough God. and then my brother went on my account and sold my dwarf cannon for for is it Mythic armor or mystic armor? Like the mythic. wizard robes that you could get. Mythic, maybe? Oh, I think it's mythic. I think yeah. mystic robes. So I've never done mage, so I don't know. I'd never done mage. So the fact that he traded my dwarf cannon for mage gear <laughs> infuriated <laughs> me. But yeah, that that Minecraft... Uh, Minecraft. Uh, RuneScape. Oh, God. Going to get shot for saying that. RuneScape <laughs> was so good. So good. And it still is. Like, honestly, if if, if anyone's listening just play it it's it's a bit slow to start off with but it's it once you get into it you just cause it's just the incremental oh i can level up oh i can do another level oh i can do another level and you just end up loving it but yeah i think you know what i think we're, we're done are we done i think we're done yeah i think we covered everything My... we wanted to talk about yeah god i mean hour and a half better than last time which was like nearly two hours Good times. 
should make editing a bit easier for you this week, at least. It, it should make editing a bit easier, but um, I think if everything goes correctly, this one and the previous one should be going up at the same time, I think, I'm pretty sure anyway. So, yeah, I think that's that's everything. Um, I think there might be some music playing now. I don't know. Who knows? There could be. But that's been us. That's been us. That's what I'm going to start saying for now. That and that's been, been us. Babbler's Guild. That has been us. We have introduced you into the Babbler's Guild. Now we're saying, get out for a week. You can come back next week. Sling this is up. a convoluted. Yeah, sling you up. This is a convoluted way of saying, show's over. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha!